For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Hebraic Bible Prophecy. This is part six of the series. The tribulation is a conflict between the house of Jacob and the house of Esau. So now we have to understand that element and aspect of this conflict between the house of Jacob and the house of Esau. What are the characteristics of it and do we see evidence of it happening today? Once again, we need to understand the principle that the end is told in the beginning. So we're going to look at what happened in Genesis to understand what's going to happen prophetically. There's another very important biblical principle which we need to understand as it relates to the end of days which is specified in psalm 78 verses 1 and 2 and verse 4 which says give ear O my people to my law or to my torah incline your ears to the words of my mouth i will open my mouth in a parable i want you to put the thought of verses 1 and 2 together and the thought is this give ear to my law give ear to my torah i will open my mouth in a parable give ear to my law i will open my mouth in a parable Do you get it? The Torah is a parable. You know what a parable is? It's something that has a deeper meaning other than the literal understanding. That's what a parable is. And so when we read history, we we read about a literal events. We're told here that the Torah is a parable. There's a greater meaning to it than just the history that you find recorded. It's a parable that is meant to be understood by the last generation. Psalm 78 verse 4. We will not hide them from the children showing in the King James translated showing the generation to come. The phrase to come is the Hebrew word akaron, which you can see here the meaning of akaron, the primary meaning of the word, it means last. So it should be translated showing the last generation. But the King James translated it more generically and just translated it as to come. But it specifically means showing the final generation. So the Torah is a parable that is meant to be understood and known by the final generation. The final generation will understand how biblical history is prophecy. Hosea chapter 8 verses 11 and 12. But Ephraim has made many altars to sin. Altars shall be made unto him to sin. I have written to him the great things of my law or my Torah, but they were counted as a strange thing. Why is it that the God of Israel calls his Torah great, but his people regard it as a strange thing? You see where it's translated strange thing here? In the Hebrew, it's the Hebrew word that means an adulterous woman. His people regard it as 
something that's adulterous. And you know, generally, if you want to follow the God of Israel, you want to stay away from adultery. And so his people regard his Torah as adultery, something that you want to stay away from. He regards it as great. Why does he think it's so great for you when we think it's so boring? It's because he wrote history to tell you about prophecy. He wrote history to tell you about the end of days. He wrote history to tell you about the first coming of the Messiah. He wrote history to tell you about the second coming of the Messiah. You want to understand everything that's about to happen? He's already told you it's in biblical history. That's why it's great. Who else can orchestrate history so that what happened in the beginning of time happens in the end of time? Who can do that? He says in Isaiah 46, no one can do that. I'm the only one that can do that. So let's look at the birth of Jacob and Esau and let's see how it's prophecy. Genesis 25 verses 21 through 23. Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren and the Lord was entreated of him and Rebekah his wife conceived. By the way, let me give you a hint here. I'm not going to take the time to explain it. Isaac is a prophetic picture of Zion and the children struggled together within her and she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire the Lord. The Lord said, two nations are in your womb and two manner of people shall be separated from your bowels. The one people will be stronger than the other and the elder shall serve the younger. Now in Genesis chapter 31 verses 1 through 3 and verse 18, we see that Jacob has been persecuted by Uncle Laban for 20 years and after 20 years of serving him, the God of Israel says, hey, it's time to go home. The 20 years of serving Laban is a prophecy of 2,000 years since the time of Jesus till now where there would be a, a scattering into all nations of the earth and after that 2,000 years, the God of Israel is going to say, hey, it's time to come home now. And he heard the words of Laban's son saying, Jacob has taken away all that was our father's. You know what that's an allusion to? Anti-Semitism. So anti-Semitism has got to rise up after 2,000 years and cause Jacob to return home. And that which was our father's has he gotten all this glory. And Jacob beheld the countenance of Laban. Behold, it was not toward him as before. You see, generally speaking, the United States of America has been a wonderful place for Jews to live. There's been very little persecution. But I'd like to submit to you that if Israel nukes Iran tomorrow and it causes the economy to fall and people to lose their jobs and you know who's got to be blamed for our economic problems and the reason why you don't have a job? The Jews. And those who don't know their Bible, this country will become very anti-Semitic overtly overnight. And so the Lord said to Jacob, return to the land of your fathers and your kindred and I will be with you. Why did he have to tell him that he would be with him? Because it wasn't going to be easy. So you know what he's telling you today? Return to the land of your fathers and I will be with you. You know why he has to say I will be with you today? Because in the natural, it does not make any sense. Um, if you want safety in this world, does it make logical sense that your safety is the land of Israel? It makes no sense. But that's why you need to understand the word of God. Because ultimately, when you really do the fullness of his will, it won't make any sense. Because his ways are higher than our ways. Genesis chapter 31 verse 18. And he carried away all his cattle and his goods and he has gotten the cattle of his getting which he had gotten in Padan Haran to go to Isaac, his father, in the land of Canaan. And so we're told about the return of Jacob in Genesis chapter 32. He greets Esau when he's returning back to the land and Jacob is interested in making peace with Esau. And so in Genesis 32, 6, the messengers return to Jacob saying, we've come to your brother Esau and he comes to meet you and 400 men with him. You see, Jacob wants to make peace. Esau is ready to fight. And as a result of Jacob willing to make peace with Esau and doing what it takes, oh, what do you want me to give him? And he offered him so many things, the scriptures tell us. As a result of this peace gesture, but Esau coming with 400 men, we have these words of the response of Jacob. Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. You know what that's a prophetic allusion to? The tribulation. And it's from Jacob being distressed 
and afraid in meeting Esau in Genesis 32 that Jeremiah picks up and refers to the end of days as Jacob's trouble. In Genesis 32, 24, Jacob was left alone and, and there he wrestled with a man until the breaking of the day. And so Jews have to wrestle with, is Yeshua the Messiah? Christians got to wrestle with, are we to follow Torah? Are we to go back to the land of Israel? I thought we were getting raptured and going to heaven and all these problems don't pertain to us. You're telling me that this country's got to fall and we're supposed to go back to the land of Israel. And so there's a wrestling with these, with this thought, both within Judaism and Christianity until the breaking of the day. The breaking of the day is the end of the tribulation when Yeshua sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives. And so here, Jacob being greatly afraid and distressed is an allusion to Jacob's trouble at the end of days, which Jeremiah picks up in Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 7. Now, continuing on in Genesis chapter 33, it says, Esau ran toward him and kissed him. Now, if you would look at this in a Torah scroll where it says he kissed him, there are dots in a Torah scroll above and he kissed him. Why are the dots above letters and why are there dots above a word in the scriptures? What's the purpose of the dots? It's to emphasize and catch your attention that there's something about what's happening here that you need to understand. And so we are told here by the rabbis that those dots means there's a special point of emphasis that needs to be understood. It's a prophecy. It's a prophecy that Esau's peace overtures to Jacob would not be sincere. His kiss of death, in essence. And so this is a prophecy of the end of days that when Yasser Arafat is shaking hands with Yitzhak Rabin and signing Oslo 1, he's not sincere about making peace. It's a it's a kiss of death. The same as Mahmoud Abbas. It is a kiss of death. Now let's begin to look at the details of what the scriptures talk about about this end time battle between Jacob and Esau. Let's see the signs of it and let's see if these things are happening today. What we're going to look at is that Esau wages a war of violence against Jacob. Esau says the mountains of Israel or the West Bank is his. Esau hides in caves and the word for violence in Hebrew is Hamas. And there's a reference to Allah, the curse of Allah, iron mixed with clay. And Esau wants to make the name of Jacob be no longer remembered. These are the the characteristics of the battle between Jacob and Esau in the end of days that we're going to see in the scriptures now and then you tell me whether we aren't in this period of time at the moment. Genesis chapter 36 verse 8. Mount Seir is Esau. Thus dwelt Esau in Mount Seir. Esau is Edom. In Ezekiel chapter 35 the chapter is a prophecy against Esau for waging a war of violence against Jacob and his judgment. Ezekiel 35 verse 2. Son of man said your face against Mount Seir and prophesy against it. Mount Seir is Edom or Esau. Ezekiel 35 verse 3. O Mount Seir, I am against you. I will set my hand against you and make you most desolate because you have a perpetual hatred and you've shed the blood of the children of Israel by the force of the sword. And so Esau will be shedding the blood of the children of Israel by the sword. What is the symbol of Islam? A sword. And so he's shedding the blood of the children of Israel with the sword in the name of Islam. I'd like to submit to you this is happening now. We call it homicide or suicide bombings. In the time of their calamity, what's the time of their calamity? It's Jacob's trouble, the tribulation. But I want you to notice what also it's associated. In the time that their iniquity had an end. What's the iniquity? Breaking the covenant. What was the punishment for breaking the covenant? Exile in the nations. What's the time of the end of that punishment? The end of the iniquity. The end of the exile. So the outcome of the battle between Jacob and Esau, the tribulation, 
tribulation is the ingathering of the exiles from all the nations of the earth. The purpose of all these events happening is so that the God of Israel could redeem his people with signs, wonders, and miracles in the sight of all the nations against all odds so that Yeshua the Messiah can be glorified and recognized as the Messiah by his people. Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 5 says, Therefore, thus says the Lord, Surely in the fire of my jealousy have I spoken against the resident of the heathen and against all Idumea is what the King James says. Idumea is the Latin form of the biblical name Edom. And so this is speaking against Esau or Edom. Why? Because the Bible says that the one who wants to make the mountains of Israel or the West Bank his possession, the Bible refers to the one that wants to do that is Esau. Ezekiel 36 verse 1. Son of man, prophesy against the mountains of Israel and say, you mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. I want you to notice this is a prophecy to dirt. The mountains of Israel is dirt. It's a prophecy to dirt and it says, because the enemy has said against you, aha, even the ancient high places are ours in possession. So the prophecy is that the enemy would say that the mountains of Israel belongs to him. Who is saying today that the mountains of Israel belongs to them? The PLO. They're saying we want to make it our state. Ezekiel 36 verse 5 tell us the intention of making the mountains of Israel their possession. Surely in the fire of my jealousy have I spoken against the residue of the heathen and against all Idumea or Esau who have appointed my land for their possession with the joy of all their heart with despiteful minds. What's the joy of all their heart? A PLO state. What's the despiteful mind? To cast Israel into the sea. And he says, I have spoken against you. In Obadiah chapter 1, there's only one chapter in Obadiah. And the the book is written to Esau in prophesies of his judgment for waging a war against Jacob in the end of days. Obadiah 1.1, the vision of Obadiah concerning Edom or Esau. Obadiah chapter 1 verse 3, the pride of your heart has deceived you, you that dwell in the clefts of the rock. The word clefts here is the Strong's number 2288. It's the Hebrew word hagav, and it means clefts or places of concealment or retreats, or you might say caves. And where is Bin Laden hiding? He's hiding in caves. If you know your Bible because an enemy of Israel and of the United States is hiding in caves, you should automatically recognize that, oh, that's Esau. That's a battle against Jacob. Oh, we're in the end of days. Obadiah chapter 1 verse 10. For your violence against your brother Jacob shame will cover you and you'll be cut off forever. The word violence is the Strong's number 2555. It's the Hebrew word Hamas. And what is the name of the prime PLO terror organization? The one who has been elected to represent the Palestinian people? Hamas. The God of Israel is telling you exactly who the enemy is and who the enemy calls himself. Hamas. Now, this is all being done in the name of Allah, right? In the name of Islam. Daniel chapter 9 verse 11. It says, All Israel has, has transgressed your law even by departing that you might not obey thy voice. Therefore, the curse is poured upon us and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we've sinned against him. The word curse is the Strong's number 423, and it consists of the Hebrew letters Aleph, Lamed, and He. So you can pronounce this Allah. Therefore, Allah is poured upon us, and Allah is the curse, because all Israel has transgressed the law. Because Israel won't follow the law. Because Jews who live in Israel won't follow the law. Because believers in Yeshua as the Messiah won't follow the law, the curse is being poured out. To get you to understand what the problem is, because we're just not 
getting it otherwise. Now, in Daniel chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream which Daniel goes on to interpret. And what is outlined here is Gentile powers that will rule over the nation of Israel. First, the Babylonians, then the, the Medes and the Persians, then the Grecians, then the Romans. And then it speaks about... In the end of days, there'll be ten toes that'll be part of iron and part of clay. In Daniel chapter 2 and verse 41, it talks about the iron mixed with clay. The word mixed here is the Strong's number 6151. It's the Aramaic word Arab. It says iron Arab with clay. And it says iron doesn't mix with clay. It won't work. And so what we have here is the Western world personified by the United States trying Trying to go into an Islamic country and trying to make it democratic. It is Western values making an Islamic country into a Western society. It's iron mixed with clay. It won't work. The Bible prophesies it won't work. You want to know why we're having problems, why there's a civil war and there's not an answer to the problem? The Bible says A would happen, B it won't work. The tents of Esau want to make the name of Israel to cease to exist in Psalm 83. For lo, your enemies make a tumult and they that hate you have lifted up the head. They've taken crafty counsel against your people. They've consulted your hidden ones. They have said, come and let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel may be no more remembrance. For they have consulted together with one consent. They are a confederate against you. So in speaking about those who want to have the nation of Israel to cease to exist, it begins by saying the tabernacles or the tents of Edom, the house of Edom, the tabernacles tabernacles of Edom, Ishmaelites, Moab, the Hagarines, Gabal, Ammon, Amalek, Philistines, Tyre, Asher, the children of Lot. Basically what we call all the Arab peoples, all the Middle Eastern peoples. And so under the umbrella of all of these people, the, the one that the Bible identifies as the head of all these people together is Esau, or because it's not literally just Esau, it's called the house of Esau or the tabernacles of Esau. It is Yeshua the Messiah who will defeat Esau at his second coming because he's going to fight against those who come against Zion or come against the covenant he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So Isaiah 63 verse 1. Who is this that comes from Edom with dyed garments from Basra that is glorious in his apparel? Why is he glorious in his apparel? Because he's gathered the exiles of Israel. Traveling in the greatness of his strength, I that speak in righteousness mighty to save. Who is he that speaks in righteousness mighty to save? Yeshua the Messiah. Why are you red in your apparel and your garments like him that treads the wine fat? Why are you red? Because he's a warrior. He's bloody. He's judging the nations. Revelation 19.13 He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the Word of God. The next thing that we need to understand what we have learned so far is the Messiah that gathers the exiles of Israel and the New Testament centers on explaining the role of the Messiah to gather the exiles of Israel. In order to understand the end of days you need to understand who you are that the prophecies are directed to the house of Jacob We've explained that. We needed to explain the eschatology of the end of days, specifically a term called the day of the Lord, and that the tribulation starts with the darkness part of the day of the Lord, and that in that period of time, there's a conflict between Jacob and Esau. We just detailed the characteristics of the conflict. He wants to say that the mountains of Israel is his for his possession. He is shedding the blood of the children of Israel by the force of the sword. He's fighting violently, Hamas. The curse is poured upon the children of Israel because they're not keeping his, the commandments of the God of Israel. The word curse is Allah. And they want to make the name of Israel no longer 
to be in remembrance. It's iron mixed with clay. So can you see that these events are like happening now? Are we in the conflict now? That's what you need to decide. And so this whole conflict, the God of Israel has orchestrated to redeem his people with signs, wonders, and miracles. And so that his people would recognize Yeshua is the Messiah and he would reveal himself strong to his people in the sight of all the nations. And the Bible describes that the way he's going to manifest himself to the nations, the way he's going to redeem his people is going to exceed the miracles that he did in Egypt. And the whole world will recognize that Yeshua is the Messiah, that he fights for his people. He is going to make a distinction between those who serve him and those who do not. And so he's orchestrating the controversy so Messiah can be glorified and he can redeem his people. The Bible calls this controversy the controversy of Zion. So in order to understand the controversy of Zion, we need to understand who or what Zion is. Because generally speaking, when we look at Zion, we regard Zion as, you know, the Jewish people. Well, Zion is more than the Jewish people. The Jewish people, those that believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, is a part of biblical Zion. But what's the fullness of understanding who or what Zion is? Well, Zion is the people of the God of Israel. Zion is the land of Israel itself. The Torah is to go forth from Zion. Zion is the fulfillment of the covenant made with Abraham. Zion is also associated with the end of the exile of Jacob. Zion is a term that refers to the Messianic era. And Zion is Yeshua redeeming and dwelling with his people. So let's look at scripturally at these definitions. First of all, Zion is the people of the God of Israel. Isaiah 51 verse 16. And I have put my words in your mouth and I have covered you in the shadow of my hand that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth and say unto Zion, you are my people. Zion is the people of the God of Israel. Secondly, Zion is a reference to the land of Israel itself. Joel chapter 2 verse 1. Blow a trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the earth tremble for the day of the Lord is at hand. It will come Well, for the day of the Lord is at hand. So blow a trumpet in Zion. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. Zion is a term for the land of Israel itself. The Torah is to go forth from Zion. Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 3. Many people will go and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways. We will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law or the Torah and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. You notice that the law goes forth from Zion. So therefore you have to be in Zion for the law to go forth from Zion and the people who he's redeeming in the end of days is called Zion. And so Zion is a people who not only believes that Yeshua is Messiah, but their eyes become opened through the events that are happening in the end of days and they realize they need to express their faith in him by loving him, keeping his commandments or following Torah. Next, we need to realize that it's Yeshua who made the covenant with Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 and 3. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get you out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house unto a land that I will show you. And I will bless them that bless you and curse those that curse you and in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Genesis chapter 17 verse 1 it says when Abram was 90 years old and 9 the Lord appeared unto Abraham and he said I am almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. So the one that appeared to Abraham is almighty God or El Shaddai. And Revelation chapter 1 verses 7 and 8 and describing Yeshua the Messiah it says of him he comes with clouds and every eye will see him and they also which pierced him and all kindreds of the earth will wail because of him even so amen I am Alpha the Omega the beginning and the end says the Lord which is which was which is to come the 
Almighty. Yeshua the Messiah is referred to as the Almighty or El Shaddai. Well, that's going to conclude part six of the series on the subject Hebraic Bible Prophecy. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.